Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and this is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts on all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and mother flipping movement. Um, this is an odd episode in that it is just me, it is a solo episode. And um, it is about the seven things that I have learned from 2022. It has been a, I would say, it sounds cliche, a little pretentious and new agey, but I would say it has been a transformational year for me. I'd imagine that's the case for most people. If you don't feel that way, I don't, you know, I don't know, maybe start leaning into more hard shit. Um, so this list of seven things that I've developed, hopefully it's supportive for you, this will be a very short episode, and we're just going to get right into it. The first thing that I feel is relevant is, um, oh shit, hold on, I've, I got the wrong list pulled up here. Son of a monkey? Mother of golly? Hold on. All right, I'm going to have to edit this part out. All right, here we go. <clears throat> we're in. We're locked and loaded. First thing is exercise generosity daily. Treat it like a muscle, like an actual exercise that you are engaging in. Uh, what you give comes back to you multiple fold. So there is a physics to this. I believe I am learning this in my life. I have lived much of my life very much from a place of... Uh, grasping and scarcity uh, and uh, fear that I won't have enough, resources will run out. And uh, I think what that has done in many ways has actually stifled and blocked um, me. And I am starting to really lean in to um, just the, the liberation of giving freely uh, and giving without any type of subtle manipulation or attachment to receiving something back, but actually leaning into the joy of giving. That has been a thing. I actually pulled up some research from the University of Chicago done by a fellow called Ed O'Brien. And he did a couple studies that, you know, kind of interesting. I think it makes a lot of sense, but I'm just going to read off some of the information from him. Uh, one of the experiments consisted of 96 university students getting $5 every day over the course of five days. The catch, they had to spend it on the same exact thing, either for themselves or someone else, like donating to a charity or putting money in a tip jar. At the end of each day, the study participants had to reflect on their spending and level of happiness. The study showed that over five days, the levels of self-reported happiness decreased for those who spent money on themselves. So you start off kind of excited, cool, got money, and then each day it's, it's, you get this, they call it hedonic adaptation of sorts, where it's kind of like, ugh, not, it's not that interesting anymore. And you also, you, you know what to anticipate with it, which is very different than giving a gift to someone. When you're giving a gift to someone, there's, there's no prefabricated uh, experience that's going to come from that. Whereas when you buy a thing, you kind of get it, you know, so it's, it's not as fulfilling. Uh, those who gave money to someone else did not show such a fade in happiness. However, the joy and satisfaction of giving is just as powerful every time you give it. And then he did another study similar. It was 502 online participants playing 10 rounds of word puzzle games. Uh, I'm not going to actually read the whole thing. You can, you can look it up for yourself if you're interested, but essentially the same, same thing pops up. Uh, the second thing that 
I came up with for my lessons from 2022. Practice compassion for yourself and those around you daily. Without it, you will always feel like a guest in your own heart. I've been throwing around the word heart a lot recently. This is, these are words that I've had resistance around using. Historically speaking, I always want to like scientify everything. Um, but I think a lot of that was a certain level of like, like uh, shielding or guarding of myself in a way. Um, yeah, practicing compassion for yourself and those around you daily. I think that's a harder task than probably many people realize or maybe just I realize. Uh, I think it's easy to shit on ourselves. Uh, it's easy to criticize ourselves. It's easy to perpetually place ourselves into, into an orientation that we must do better, we must do more. Um, I think another side of the coin, something that's, that's you know, also very valuable, pushing yourself in competition is valuable for sure. Uh, but another side of that is coming into uh, acknowledging how hard you've worked how far you've come um, and leaning into that part if you can do that I think you can begin to rest into yourself in a way and so practicing compassion for yourself and then also those around you with the practicing of compassion to those around you you know it's like again it's like a muscle it's like the generosity thing every time you work on that compassion with somebody else you feel some type of judgment some type of uh maybe you call it trigger pop up and you're like man i don't like that person i find that person arrogant i find that person rude i find that person you know any of the things um most often that is actually something within ourselves that we feel insecure with and it's it presents the opportunity to be able to actually open up and heal into that part you know so compassion for yourself and for those around you they recipro reciprocally work with each other i believe and uh that's a good thing all right number three create space daily to listen deeply to your internal self as well as those around you every need everything you need is with you now Again, this is one of those things I think that can sound a little, um, I don't know, fluffy, new agey, all things that I have historically had a bit of an allergy to, uh, but I think, I think it's, 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 it's real, it's true. Um, the listening to the inner wisdom that we all have access to when we're living in a world that is just bombarded by... Um, noise in all forms, uh, people, advertisers, um, all the things that working to garner your attention and just pull you away from being able to actually listen to yourself. It's really hard to, to listen to yourself when there are 2000 different radio stations playing all around you at the same time. Meanwhile, you the whole time had your internal radio station playing uh, there is just so much freaking noise around. So, you know, it, it, it's objectively not easy to be able to hear a single station when there's a thousand other stations playing at the same time. So within that, a person, it would be wise 
from my perspective, uh, to actually cultivate and uh, protect a certain level of space for yourself to listen to those inner, you know, that inner wisdom, that inner knowing. So it could be a meditation practice. Uh, we could be taking a walk, you know, unplugging from, I found this last week for me in particular, um, partially because we're doing this, I think this launch of the challenge and program and all this stuff. Um, and just like a lot of reflection at the end of the year, but I have like not listened to a single podcast. I haven't listened to a single audiobook. Um, I'm like, which is the opposite of typically, I think I, I very often use information as a form of distraction in a way. Um, it's like, I, I like have like this rapacious urge to just like consume information, even to the point where I think in some ways it's, it's almost like a, like a handicap in a way. It's like, a, it's an avoidant pattern and it's also really good. There's, there's worse things I could be doing. Um, but this last week I felt very much more inclined to just go for a bike ride or drive in the car, no music, no sound, no nothing, and just be with myself, <sighs> which, yeah, that's a, a very novel thing for me. I don't think I've, I've done a lot of being with myself in my life, if I'm really, if I'm really honest. Um, so if we create that space to listen to those, those, that, those inner messages that we have, I really, truly believe, and I think I would say I know, but I guess since I'm saying I, I think there's still a little reticence around it, uh, that everything that we need uh, and everything that we want to, the information that we desire to have, uh, the feelings that we yearn for, all of that really truly is uh, with us right now. Everything you need is with you right now. And uh, you just got to open yourself up to that. Uh, next one. Woo! This one is the most Narnar for me um, because it's like, like, well, I mean, I guess I think people get it. I intimate relationships. Holy mother of God. I had no idea that intimate relationships are what they are. Most of my life, I have been under the impression, I think, that an intimate relationship was kind of just something that haphazardly happened as a product of being sexually attracted to someone and then enjoying their company. And then you just organically build something from that. And if you really like each other, maybe at some point eventually you'll like have kids or something. Uh, I did not realize that intimacy, I didn't realize this because I've been afraid of it, uh, but intimacy from my perception, I think is the, or the, the process of it, I think is for, for me, in my experience is the deepest form of deep healing work, uh, the deepest form of ceremony, um, that, you know, I think the human has access to, and it makes sense that it would be that because it leads to the potential of creating another human life. So, um, yeah, there's like it's a there's a lot more to relationship and intimacy than I had realized, um, and it demands uh, respect. Uh, it 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 ought to be honored. It ought to be nurtured, uh, and it's something that you work on daily, like momentarily, and through that the process of starting to. Uh, open up space to be 
seen vulnerably by another person, uh, and also you know in, in doing that by yourself, it opens up the space for old, contractive, twisted, turn bracing patterns that you may have been carrying since you were a little boy or a little girl. It could be patterns manifested as a product of your parents, your ancestry. There's imprint in that, the way that we live, the way that we feel, the way that we think. And I believe through some education through this last year that uh, intimacy and, and, and love is hands down the most potent like ayahuasca ceremony out there. I think it, I think it blows ayahuasca out of the water. So intimate relationships, the most powerful and sacred form of deep healing work. If you choose to lean into them and are courageous enough to open your heart, it creates space for the oldest and stickiest contractions from the past to be released. Your relationship is to be deeply honored, respected and nurtured daily. If you care for it to be fruitful, that's what I wrote. Uh, next thing, number five. Take action daily to develop self-respect and trust in yourself. Do the hard things. Habituate yourself to excellence. Something that I feel, if I'm honest, again, sometimes it's not that easy to be honest with yourself. Well, maybe not yourself, with myself. Um, you really got to like listen to really be honest with what's how you relate to yourself. And I think one of the things historically, I don't know that I've had the highest level of self-respect and uh, trust in myself. I, I don't know that that's, I, I've been at 100% with that. And the way that one cultivates that is by regularly proving to oneself that you do the hard thing. You say the hard thing, you lean into the hard thing, you uh, express generosity, you express compassion, uh, you get shit done, you say you're going to do a thing, and you follow through. When you ingrain those patterns into yourself of say, oh, I have evidence that I got shit done, I have evidence that I followed through, I have evidence that uh, I do the hard thing. That times 10 hard things, times 100 hard things, times a year of hard things, times 10 years of hard things, it builds this foundation of uh, self-trust and self-respect. And that is, I think, something that uh, it's, it's worth leaning into. All right, number six. You are only as strong as your team. Invest in people. Hire a coach, therapist, mentor, etc., and nurture the relationships of those you work with. Your business is a garden. You get out of it exactly what you put into it. Another thing I've been generally resistant around, I think, is hiring coaches, hiring therapists, people of the sort. Um, I've felt more inclined towards like, oh, I can do it on my own. I think leaning in, you, you just expedite your growth is the thing like yes you can do things in your own and ultimately you know everything that's ever been learned or created or built or whatever um well i mean it comes from cooperation really it's upon leaning on other people in many ways uh but 
you know, we do have access to all of the inner wisdom and all the different things. And you can expedite your growth dramatically by connecting with someone who has been through what you're going through. Uh, whether it's a business thing, whether it's a relationship thing, whether it's just whether it's a sport, you want to do a, a, a marathon, anything, connect with someone, get a coach, get a mentor, someone that has proven that they've done the thing that you want to do, and that will expedite your stuff. And the other thing, with the can't do it alone, uh, leaning into uh, developing a, a, a strong team around you. That includes coaches, mentors, therapists, people of the sort. Um, It'd be also family, friends, just all of your people, uh, and also the people that you work with. Uh, something that I've learned is that anything that I create on the internet, anything that I do, it has everything to do with the people I work with. Like, there's not a lot that I do. I the only things I really like this, you know, this the, I, I I kind of this is on me. I need to I need to do this part. Pretty much everything else is the people that I work with. And without them, I would be dog shit. There wouldn't, there wouldn't be much. And also there's the accountability of the people that I work with. So having them to lean on um, and being able also to uh, provide them with the freedom to be able to actually lean into their gifts and lean into where they're strongest. That's, I think, from a, as a leader, that is really one of the most important qualities is being able to see with the team around you, where are they strongest and how can I place them into a position to be strongest and be most creative and how can we communicate better and cooperate better and work together better like that. That is the thing as a leader. And we're all leaders in our, in, you know, in our own way, and we're all followers, and we're all students, we're all teachers, and all that stuff. And they're all micro ways to engage in all of this. All right, that's number six. All right, last one. I think this is the last one. Yeah, last one. Numero seven. Love your family. This is a part of loving yourself as you are a continuation of them. Life is too short and beautiful to live behind walls. Lean into vulnerability and allow yourself to be seen by those you care for most. Um, that's a mofo as well. That's a big one. Vulnerability. Just did a podcast with uh, Dr. Gabor Mate. I've done, we've done like several in the past. Uh, this one will come out maybe next week. Something like that. Anyway, he has a book called Myth of Normal. Really great. Highly recommend it. New York Times bestseller, as to be expected. Um, and he broke down the etymology of the word vulnerable, which is comes from the Latin meaning of uh, to, to be wounded, to be able to be wounded. Um, and trauma, that, that comes from the meaning of, of like to wound. And in order to heal... A person needs to be willing to be open and soft enough to be vulnerable and to be seen, which is fucking terrifying. Like to actually really truly be seen, that's like, like most people's greatest fear is to get up and do some public speaking. Because to actually be seen, uh, it's just, it's a lot. Because, you know, if people, if people, don't love you in that situation, it could confirm that perhaps, you know, some of your deepest fears are true. So it's, it feels safer 
to just play small and hide. And then within that, you know, Ramdas has a thing of like, you, like it's terrifying to open your heart, but you can't afford not to. So it feels safer perhaps, but it's actually uh, obscenely dangerous and absolutely leads to a sensation of, I think you maybe call it like almost some form of like spiritual suffocation, I would say. And so you got to take the risk to be seen and you know, I think do the work to open yourself up to be vulnerable with your family and be vulnerable with your friends and be vulnerable with your intimate relationships and be vulnerable with yourself and be really freaking honest with yourself. So that is the seven things that I've learned from 2022, at least the abridged list that I came up with this morning. Uh, while you're here, I wanted to also invite you guys to do the five-day floor sitting challenge. Uh, people will have a chance to win a bunch of prizes, one of which is the ice barrel, which I have sitting here beside me on my porch. Ice barrel is rad. I think it's like $1,200 value or something of the sort. Uh, they're going to give away to one of the contestants in the five-day challenge. So you can sign up at alignpodcast.com slash 555. If you're watching this on live, you can see that down below. It is pinned, alignpodcast.com slash 555. In that five-day floor sitting challenge, one, why the hell would we do a five-day five floor sitting challenge? Why does it even matter? Cultures that spend time on the ground with regularity have minimal to no incidence of osteoarthritis in the hips in the knees, pelvic floor dysfunction is diminished greatly. Fall risk is the number one leading reason that elderly need assisted living. That is obscenely ridiculous and is completely preventable if we just don't stop getting up and down off the ground each day. So this is one of the longest levers for the health of your body. Uh, health of your hips, health of your, your sexual organs, your pelvic floor. You don't want to pee yourself. The adult diaper industry is, is exceeding or is soon to exceed that of the baby diaper industry. It is because we ain't moving right. And uh, this is a way to get back into better movement. So five-day floor sitting challenge. Join us. There is 2,000 plus people in there presently, which is very exciting. Um, the prize of the ice barrel and the other giveaways that we have in there, we will be announcing in the actual lives. So your percentage chance of winning the ice barrel, this $1,200 rad, beautiful piece of equipment here, uh, I would say is probably very high because the people that actually be in the lives much less than the people that, that, that are actually enrolled in the challenge. So it's not just you do the challenge and you have like one in 2300 chance of winning the thing. I don't know how many people are going to be in the lives, but my guess it's maybe like a hundred or something like that. So a very good chance that you will win the ice barrel because you got to be in the live. So just saying, uh, so that's it. Visit us at alignpodcast.com slash five, 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 and we will see you January 5th for the five day floor sitting challenge. I hope this list of seven things I've learned in 2022 was supportive to some, and um, I'm not saying any of this in any form of authority. I am uh, very much in a place of learning, very much in a place of like relearning humbleness as well. And uh, this is just something that I found supportive, and hopefully it is it is helpful to someone out there. All right, that is it. That is all. Appreciate you guys. I will see you January 5th for the five day challenge. Big love. Over and out.